welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading Bearskin. Once upon a time there was a young fellow who enlisted as a soldier, fought bravely, and was always in the thick of things when the bullets were whistling about. As long as the war lasted, things went well for him. But when peace was announced, he was discharged, and the captain told him to go wherever he wanted. Since his parents were dead, he no longer had a home. Therefore he went to his brothers and asked them to put him up until war broke out again. But the brothers were hard-hearted and said, What's to be done with you? We certainly can't use you. You've got to make it on your own. The soldier had nothing left except his gun, which he swung over his shoulder, and then he set out into the world. Eventually he came to a large heath, where nothing but a circle of trees could be seen. He sat down beneath them, and was overcome with sadness as he pondered his fate. I have no money, he thought. I've learned nothing but how to use weapons, and now I'm not needed because peace has been announced. I already see that I'm bound to starve. Suddenly he heard a rustling noise, turned around, and came face to face with a stranger wearing a green jacket. The man looked quite stately, but he had an awful cloven foot. "'I already know what you need,' said the man. "'Money and property shall be yours, as much as you can stand. But first I must know whether you're a fearful type, because I don't want to spend my money for nothing.' "'A soldier and fear don't mix,' the young man answered. "'Just put me to the test.' "'I certainly will,' responded the man. "'Look behind you.' The soldier turned around and saw a huge growling bear coming at him. Oh ho! exclaimed the soldier. When I get done tickling your nose, you won't want to growl any more. He took aim and shot the bear in the muzzle, so that the beast collapsed on the spot and did not move a limb. I clearly see, said the stranger, that you don't lack courage, but there's one more condition you must meet. Just so long as it won't cost me my soul, answered the soldier, who knew quite well with whom he was dealing. If it doesn't, then I'm prepared to do anything. You'll have to judge for yourself, answered the man in the green jacket. For the next seven years, you're not to wash, or comb your hair, or beard, or cut your nails, or say the Lord's Prayer. Then I'll give you a jacket and cloak that you must wear all the time. If you die during these seven years, you're mine. If you stay alive, you're free for the rest of your life, and you'll be rich besides. The soldier thought about his desperate situation, and since he had often risked his life in the past, he was now willing to risk it again and agreed to the terms. The devil took off his green jacket, handed it to the soldier, and said, Whenever you wear this jacket and reach into the pocket, you'll always come up with a handful of money. Then the devil skinned the bear and said, This shall be your cloak and your bed as well, for you're to sleep in it and are not allowed to use any other bed. And your name shall be Bearskin, because of your outfit. The devil then disappeared. The soldier put on the jacket, reached into the pocket right away, and found it was just as the devil had said. Then he threw the bearskin over his shoulders, went into the world, and was in good spirits. He began doing whatever gave him pleasure, and whatever made it hard on his pocket. In the first year things were still tolerable, but by the second he already looked like a monster. His face was almost entirely covered by hair. 
His beard resembled a piece of coarse felt. His fingers turned into claws, and his face was so dirty that crust could have sprouted there if one had sown the seeds. Everyone who crossed his path ran away in fright. Nevertheless, wherever he went, he gave money to the poor to pray that he survived the seven years, and he paid so well for everything he was always able to obtain lodgings. In the fourth year he came to an inn, and the innkeeper did not want to let him stay, or even give him a place in the stable because he feared his horses might bolt when they saw him. Yet when Bearskin reached into his pocket and pulled out a handful of ducats, the innkeeper softened and gave him a room in the rear building. Still he had to promise not to show himself, lest the inn get a bad name. One evening, as Bearskin was sitting alone and wishing with all his heart that the seven years were over, he heard someone moaning loudly in the next room. Since he was a compassionate person, he opened the door of the room and saw an old man weeping uncontrollably and wringing his hands above his head. Bearskin stepped closer, but the man jumped up and wanted to run away. Yet, when he heard a human voice, he was persuaded to stay, and Bearskin used kind words to get him to reveal the cause of all his troubles. The old man told him that his fortune had declined little by little until he had become so poor that he and his daughters had reached the brink of starvation. Now he could not even pay the innkeeper and was to be put in prison. "'If that's all there is to your troubles,' said Bearskin, "'I've got plenty of money to help.' He summoned the innkeeper, paid him, and put a pouch full of gold into the pocket of the unfortunate man. When the old man saw that all his worries were gone, he did not know how to express his gratitude. "'Come with me,' he said to Bearskin. "'My daughters are remarkably beautiful. I want you to choose one of them for your wife. When she hears what you've done for me, she won't refuse. Of course, you look a bit strange, but she'll get you back into shape before you know it.' Bearskin was delighted by the thought of this, and he went along. When the oldest daughter caught sight of him, she was so terribly frightened that she let out a shriek and ran away. Although the second remained there and examined him from head to foot, she said, "'How can I marry a man who no longer resembles a human being? I'd rather have the shaved bear that passed through here on show and was taught to act like a man. At least it was wearing a hussar's uniform and white gloves. If it were just a question of ugliness, I could get used to him.' But the youngest daughter said, "'He must be a good man to have helped you out of your trouble. If you've promised him a bride in return, then your word must be kept.' It was a shame that Bearskin's face was covered with dirt and hair. Otherwise, one could have seen how his heart leapt for joy when he heard those words. He took a ring from his finger, broke it in two, and gave her one half, while he kept the other half for himself. In her half he wrote his name, and in his half her name, and he asked her to take good care of it. He then took his leave and said, I must wander for another three years. If I don't return, then you are free, because I'll be dead. But pray to God to keep me alive. The poor bride dressed herself all in black, and when she thought about her betrothed, tears would come to her eyes. Meanwhile, her sister showed her nothing but scorn and contempt. "'Take care,' said the oldest. "'If you hold out your hand to him, he'll smash it with his paw.' "'Watch out,' said the second. "'Bears love sweets, and if he likes you, he'll eat you up.' "'You must always do what he wants,' resumed the oldest. "'Otherwise, he'll start to growl.' 
and the second added, The wedding will certainly be a merry one, since bears dance so well. The bride kept silent, and did not let herself be discouraged. In the meantime, Bearskin traveled about the world from place to place, did good wherever he could, and gave generously to the poor so they would pray for him. Finally, when the last day of the seven years arrived, he went out to the heath again and sat down inside the circle of trees. It was not long before the wind started to howl, and the devil stood before him with a look of displeasure. Then he tossed Bearskin his old jacket and demanded the green one back. "'You are not done yet,' said Bearskin. "'You've still got to clean me.' Whether he liked it or not, the devil had to fetch water, wash Bearskin off, comb his hair, and cut his nails. When the devil finished, Bearskin looked like a stalwart soldier and was much more handsome than he had ever been before. As soon as the devil was safely out of the way, Bearskin felt very much relieved. He went into the city, purchased a splendid velvet jacket, took a seat in a carriage drawn by four white horses, and drove to the house of his bride. Nobody recognized him. The father thought he was a distinguished army colonel and led him into the room where his daughters were sitting. Bearskin had to take a seat between the two oldest, and they gave him wine, brought him the finest delicacies, and thought he was the handsomest man they had ever seen. On the other hand, the bride sat in her black dress across from him, and did not raise her eyes or say one word. When he finally asked the father whether he could have one of his daughters for his wife, the two oldest jumped up and ran to their rooms to put on their best clothes, for each imagined that she would be the one chosen. As soon as he was left alone with his bride, the stranger took out his half of the ring and dropped it into a cup of wine that he handed her across the table. She took it, but when she had drunk the wine and found the ring lying at the bottom of the cup, her heart began to pound. She took out the other half of the ring that she had been wearing on a ribbon around her neck and matched it with his. It was clear that both parts fit perfectly together. Then he said, I am your betrothed, whom you last saw as bearskin. Through the grace of God I have regained my human form and have become clean again. He went toward her, embraced her, and gave her a kiss. Just then the two sisters came in, all dressed up in their best gowns, and when they saw that the handsome young man had chosen the youngest sister and had turned out to be bearskin, they ran outside in rage and anger. One drowned herself in a well, the other hanged herself from a tree. In the evening someone knocked on the door, and when the bridegroom opened it, there stood the devil in his green jacket. "'I just want you to know,' he said, "'that I got two souls in exchange for your one.'" The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no-derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or... Subscribe through iTunes. And if you're in iTunes, would you mind leaving a review or clicking on stars to give this podcast a rating? It helps other people find the tales, and I'd really appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening. Thank you.